From the international headquarters of the Sword of the Lord Publishers and Ministries here in downtown Murfreesboro, Tennessee, in the greater Nashville area, in the heart of Tennessee, with Tennessee and the world at heart, this is Making a Difference, and I'm Dr. Shelton Smith. I'm delighted to welcome you today. It's Monday, and it is a special day here in the USA. It is Memorial Day when we think about and remember and salute those who fell in battle those that have given their all for the welfare and security of all of us uh, fighting for our freedom. And we're thankful to the Lord for a lot of people over the years, many, many thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands who have stood up when it needed to happen and they have represented us and done well for us. And many of them paid with their lives. And we take time today on Memorial Day to salute all of those and you who have families that have given a loved one in death, in time of battle, in time of war, uh, we thank of you, we salute you, and we pray for you as well. I know those things make a lasting impact, and I trust that today you'll just know that a lot of us do have a deep appreciation for the price that has been paid for our freedom. Now, we're right ready to get rolling with a new week and today we're going to be looking into 1 Corinthians chapter number 1, and I'm going to be talking to you about some things that I really think will be helpful to us. Uh, sometimes uh, people stumble over things that uh, they ought not to stumble over. Uh, they really ought to make stepping stones out of them, but instead they become stumbling blocks. And this passage here in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 does address some of that. And I want to read just a portion of it, and we will get started here in just a moment. Let me remind you, our National Sword of the Lord Conference is getting closer and closer. We're about two months away now, July 17 through 20, and I want you to plan to be with us. I think you're going to find it to be a tremendous four days, and it's for everybody, not just for pastors, but it's for everybody. Bring your family, bring your teenagers, bring your children. You will find things there for everybody, and I'm telling you, it will be an uplifting four days. July 17 through 20 in Walkertown, North Carolina. Get on our website at swordofthelord.com and get all the details there. Now, let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse number 17. For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For after that in the wisdom of God the world by wisdom knew not God, it pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. For the Jews require a sign, and the Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified under the Jews a stumbling block and under the Greeks foolishness. Let me pause in the reading there, and we'll read some more of that in a little bit. But let me just get back to where we started here. It's very easy to see in this passage that there is a tremendous contrast between the world's way. I'm talking about the unsaved world. I'm talking about the world that is floundering around on its own without God in the picture. They are living the life they 
choose to live in a humanistic fashion, and they do not make any place for God in their way. There's a tremendous contrast between that and the Lord's way. Whenever we consider eternal matters, the world has its way, the Lord has its way. And there is a great conflict between the two. You cannot make them compatible. They do not line up together at all. Now, in this passage that I've read, there are several things that I'm just going to call principles of note. For example, in verse 17, which I'll read again, For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. That little phrase right in the middle where it says, Not with wisdom of words. What's he talking about here? Well, there is something today that we call intellectualism, where that uh, individuals become so obsessed with themselves and with learning, and they figure out all kinds of systems of belief that will enable them to live their life, do what they want to do, and God has no place in the picture. And sometimes that is done within religious circles as well, and there's an intellectualism that develops. Now, let me be clear. We're not opposed to learning. We are not opposed to learning. We're not opposed to schooling. But uh, the fact is, the Bible addresses, 2 Timothy chapter number 3, that there are those who are ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. And I think this intellectually elite crowd that fancies themselves as the custodians of everything that is knowledge, I want you to understand that crowd, leaving God out of the picture, what they do when they present their message, when they present their view of life, they blur the presentation of the truth because they do what they do with a choosing of words, with a parsing of words that really blurs the reality of the truth. And whenever he says here that he's preaching the gospel, and it's not with the wisdom of words, he's talking about some of these folks, like uh, the Greeks in this case, who were fanciers of philosophy, and it was like, you know, they felt like they had a corner on the market when it came to intellectualism, and yet they did not have what they needed in terms of God in their life. So intellectualism blurs the presentation of the truth, and we need to understand that. Now, a second thing that comes to focus here in verse number 20, when he says, where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? Here's the deal. The Bible tells us clearly here that humanistic philosophy does not end well. It does not come out like it is promised that it will. And he simply says that God has made foolish the wisdom of this world. They thought they were doing something that was absolutely top-notch, and the Lord says, I'm going to show you just how silly that is, just how foolish that is. We will make it so that it doesn't end well. Now, thirdly, if you look at verse 21, that says, After then in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. So this tells us that whatever the world has tried, it did not get them to God. Dear friends, folks are trying all kinds of things these days, and every bit of it is destined to flop. I mean, it is destined to failure. And uh, some folks have the idea 
that if they'll just do religious things, if they'll just be good boys and girls, if they'll just do the ceremonies, I mean, some folks have the idea that if they'll just get baptized or if they'll just take communion every Sunday, I mean, all kinds of things like that, if they they have the idea that if they'll just do it, that uh, somehow it'll all come out to their liking. But the Bible makes clear here, whatever the world has tried, whatever the unsaved man has tried, Whenever he's done it his way, he has instead come out on the short end. He does not get to God doing it his way. Now, this 21st verse also tells us that because all of those worldly ways have failed, God has chosen to use what he calls here the foolishness of preaching. Now, he calls it foolish because that's the way it's viewed by a lot of people. How many times have you heard people say, oh, don't preach to me? Well, they need preaching. They ought to have somebody telling them what the truth is. And sometimes I know preaching can uh, be abused. I know sometimes preaching can be uh, so shallow, so nothing that you say, what is this all about? But uh, frankly, most folks who are taking preaching seriously and who are doing the preaching take it to heart and determine they want to do the best that they can with it. And preaching seems foolish to some people out in the world. But listen, God has chosen to use it. That's why that I get here at this microphone every day. That's why that yesterday on the Lord's Day, I was in front of an audience three times and spoke about the things of the Lord. That's why that I'm just privileged to get to talk to people and tell them about the good things of God. And we do it through the teaching and the preaching of the Word of God. It is important that we do that. We simply cannot let the criticism of the world talk us into not doing it or back us into a corner or humiliate us like, uh, well, you know, you're doing that and it's just something absolutely foolish. Well, it may be foolish in the eyes of some people, but it is something that is important because God said so. And whenever you and I take preaching, we listen to preaching, we are delighted when we get the opportunity to hear the preaching of the Word of God. I'm telling you, we're on program with God. We are in the right direction of what God has chosen to use. Now, if you drop down to verse 26, the Bible tells us that God calls men, and he calls a pretty interesting group, a pretty interesting crowd of people. This verse says, For you see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. Now, there is a sense in which God calls us and calls all of us. He's calling us to salvation. He calls us to serve him. But there are those that he calls in a special way to be his ambassadors and to herald the good news. And he says he's not choosing, by and large, the folks that everybody would expect him to choose. Look at the 12 apostles. Think about the crowd that Jesus pulled around him. Now, setting aside Judas who betrayed him, look at Simon Peter. Look at James. Look at John. Look at all of those guys. I mean, there's not a Ph.D. among them. There's not somebody of a great stature or fame or notoriety. Now, it's not that God doesn't sometimes use somebody famous or that he uses somebody with a Ph.D. or that he uses somebody who has a great fame in some field. It's not that God does not use those, but it says he doesn't call many of those. The most of the people that he calls are people that nobody would suspect that that person is destined to be greatly used of the Lord. 
I've known so many, many hundreds and hundreds, literally thousands of God's good men all across the country and literally around the world. I've known many, many of them through the years. And I'm telling you, some of them would testify and tell you in the early days, they never dreamed that God might use them. They never dreamed that they would become a preacher, but God touched their heart to do it and they responded to it. And even though they perhaps were unprepared, they were untutored, whatever, God has used them in a great and tremendous way. Now, we all hear the stories and the scandalous things that sometimes happen, and they get reported, and frankly, it ought to make news when those kind of things happen, but that is the exception. Those things, I mean, it happens far too often, but Satan's at work. He does everything he can to disenfranchise the men of God, men who are called of God, and uh, even some you know, that get into scandal and stuff may not be called of God at all, but at the same time, Whenever somebody fails, just remember there are hundreds of guys out there hard at work doing the business of God, doing what they're supposed to do, and staying faithful. But God chooses men from all walks of life, many of them just simple people that have a desire to serve and who yield themselves to serve the Lord. So God calls a very interesting group of people to be his ambassadors, to be his proclaimers of the truth. And listen, folks, we're going to look tomorrow at the rest of this passage where it talks about some very special things. A lot of the world stumbles over all of this, but we ought to use it as stepping stones. And I'm going to talk to you more in detail about that on the broadcast tomorrow. So be sure and join me then. And in the meantime, don't forget, I love to hear from you. And I hope you'll write me a note real soon. Write to me, Dr. Shelton Smith, at P.O. Box 1099, Murfreesboro, Tennessee, 37133. The email address is radio at swordofthelord.com. Well, we'll get together again here tomorrow. I trust you'll join me then. Until that time, God bless you. Have a good rest of the day, and goodbye for now.